That was the fourth rendition of Last Christmas, this time by Amelia Clark. Some songs get better and better every time you hear them, huh, Brad? Some do, Chris, just not that one. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't thank you enough for coming to the High On Film Christmas Carol Film Series Spectacular. Because of your donations, we are thrilled to announce that we've made enough to keep the show going for six more weeks. Wow, what a disappointing turnout. And to all of our wonderful performers, skilled technicians, and everyone who made this show possible, we hope you're in the giving spirit because we can't afford to pay you. Los Angeles, California, it's High On Film! Tonight, we've got Megan Pryor Pfeiffer and Kate Smith with Last Christmas. That was like watching a short Scandinavian film on tonight's episode. Welcome to another episode of High on Film, sobering talk about movies. I'm Chris Maxwell, your host from the coast, back for another week. And welcome to the final installment in our holiday Christmas Carol series, movies that share titles with Christmas songs. Uh, We dreamt of a white Christmas. We got all we wanted for Christmas. And now this week, we're watching a movie released last Christmas, inspired by George Michael's last Christmas. It's Last Christmas from 2019. Directed by Paul Feig, written by Emma Thompson and uh, Brioni Kimmings uh, for the screenplay. Thompson and her husband Greg Wise have the story by credits. And George Michael, uh, inspired by his song Last Christmas that he wrote and composed. Really kind of, oh, I knew that was a fact. I knew it was based off the George Michael song. I did not expect to have him to have a writing credit on the film. But <laughs> here we are. So exciting. Before we go any further, I should say, uh, for all our episodes, but this one in particular, we will be discussing spoilers, so if you don't want the twist in this film spoiled, this is your final warning, because oh boy, I feel like most of the things we'll talk about (laughs) is the twist in this movie. Anyway, let's get to the man who's right to my left, the co-host from the couch, the podcaster of disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Merry Christmas. Or- Merry Christmas. Almost Happy New Year. Almost Happy New Year. I was going to say, Christmas is, is in our rear view now. Ha- happy holiday. holidays. holidays. <laughs> happy holidays. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I know for a fact this is the first time both you and I have seen this movie. Yes, because I wouldn't have seen it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, first. What'd you think? It's not good. Uh, it's, it's a really lazy movie. It's so lazy. It really frustrates me. It's probably I probably dislike it more than it maybe deserves to be disliked because mm-hmm. I think the script is so lazy. You, you know that saying of like the the indifference of a good man is is more evil than evil people. That's that's I, the exact quote. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verbatim. Yep. From the Bible. Um, Correct. Yeah, it is from the Bible. Yes. But that's how I. That is exactly this movie. It is aggressively mediocre. 
I generally like Paul Feig's work, but I mean, yeah, it's competent in its direction, but man, this movie's just so blah. Can't wait to talk about it more. But me too. Before, <laughs> before we go any further, let's get to our guests. Yes, you heard that correctly. Two guests this time. They are the hosts of the Not Quite Dead podcast, uh, a very wonderful horror show. So only appropriate that they come on for our Christmas episode. <laughs> it's Megan Pryor Pfeiffer and Kate Smith. Welcome. Thanks for Yay. having us. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here on your real podcast, Maxwell, Brad. <laughs> yeah. on a real podcast i don't have a fake podcast that you've been on yeah that came out weird <laughs> i i'm i'm referencing the fact that you guys have a, a really nice podcast that's all. <laughs> oh, look, ladies your podcast is terrific as well i really like it so thank you ladies for being on here uh your very first episode of high on film so happy to have you both have you either one of you watched this film before this assignment god no <laughs> i have not, although th this movie came out in 2019 and I had seen a couple of, you know, on Slash Film and AV Club, there were all of these headlines about this new movie that was out that had a twist ending and I'm extremely spoiler averse. And so I was like, I'm not going to learn anything about this movie. Um, and I was home alone one night and I was like, I'm just going to like watch this movie, this like cheesy looking Christmas movie, figure out what the spoiler is that everyone's talking about. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm watching it like a hawk. I'm trying to absorb all of the details. I'm like guessing and I'm like, I know what the twist is. I know what the twist is. I get to the credits and there was no twist. I watched all of the credits. There was a mid credits scene and I was like, here's where the twist is going to be. And I watched the mid-credits scene, credits. And, and it's just like a blooper reel. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so then I watched the very end. And then I finally look it up, and I'd watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, mid-credits scene? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. What did I, you watch? I watched the movie Let It Snow. <laughs> That's, mm. Yeah. That starts with an L. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> And uh, there was your mistake. A, a Christmas song, and it was a Christmas movie. They were both on Netflix at the time, I think. And so, um, out of spite, I didn't watch Last Christmas until I had to for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did either one of you, or any of you, actually know the spoiler ahead of time? Because I did. I no, did. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. And I, uh, I am really slow when it comes to that. So for me, it was like a good old M Night Shyamalan movie. You know, I just <laughs> did not see it coming. <laughs> You didn't see it coming at all? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, wow. I'm really dense. Yeah. That's why I can rewatch movies. I'll be interested to get your opinion. Because I think, Chris, I might have actually been the one to tell you. Because I think there was a point where I read it online. I was like, man, that last Christmas movie has a really bad spoiler that I just read. Do you want me to spoil it? And you were like, yes. And <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I'll tell you, I... When I started this movie, I wrote down, I wish I didn't know the spoiler because I want to know how long it would have taken me to figure out. And not 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, I think I would have figured it out by now. <laughs> uh, so let's just get into it. Uh, he's dead the whole time. They literally take last Christmas. I gave you my heart and and take that literally and put it on yeah. screen. For you. A man dies. He has a heart transplant into Amelia Clark. Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones for all you throne heads out there. And she's 
a selfish humbug until his ghost comes and teaches her uh, to be nice, good, to look yeah. up. To yeah, look up. he doesn't teach her anything. Yeah, doesn't really teach her anything. Just kind of woos her and by her liking him, tries to usher her into a better life. I, I don't know. We'll get into it in due time. <laughs> Before we go any further, if you haven't seen this movie, or maybe you saw it last year when it came out, and you need a quick refresher, Brad and I have prepared a little trailer to get you reintroduced. Here it is. In a world filled with excessive drinking and one-night stands, one woman will learn what it means to be a good person with a little help from George Michael's greatest hits. We're both singers. Uh, we're both famously misunderstood and underappreciated in our time. All that's going to change because tomorrow I've got a big audition for the West End. Amelia Clark plays Kate, pushed away by her loved ones because she's a total nightmare. Would you prefer the cage be? She's barely holding on to her job at the Christmas store while auditioning for gigs she'll never book. You've got the part. Did I miss it? Oh, uh, sorry. No, no, no. It was, uh, shit. She'll kill a friend's fish, torch a model ship, and out her sister to her parents. Anyway, I'm homeless again. Not bad, huh? Yep. But everything will change after two walks with a ghost peddling useless advice that's never explained in the movie. Look up. Look, did you find me on Swiper? Swiper? Yeah, the modern dating application you might have heard of. All leading up to a plot twist that takes George Michael's last Christmas. 100% literally. I'm not going to heal my heart and then give it to someone who is going to break it. Universal Studios presents Fight Club meets Trainwreck with a dash of ghost. I will nail you to my dick. Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, Emma Thompson, and Michelle Yeoh as Santa. This is not a healthy choice. I haven't heard you make one of those in a very long time. Sometimes, you just gotta have faith. Are elves always so cynical? Yes, relentlessly, these are dark times. Last Christmas. Come on, Petal, the war is over a long time ago. Stop killing us with this song. <laughs> Sing it cheerfully, for God's sake. It's been cheerfully. It's Christmas. <laughs> Ah, okay, so, so wonderful to revisit this film that I just watched last night <laughs> with that trailer. <laughs> but let's get into our first segment. And now it's time for Trash Star Destroy. That's right, it's Trash Star Destroy, America's favorite podcast game, or mine, or maybe, or definitely Aaron Teachman's. So, I like uh, it a lot. Oh, right! <laughs> One of Megan's favorite podcast games. It Love is. it. We're going to keep adding, adding people onto this list as, as the podcast goes on. We're going to give you three movies of a similar ilk and ask you to do uh, three things to those films. One, you'll have to trash, which means eliminate it from existence. Two, you get to star in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself. And uh, then that leaves a third movie to be destroyed, which means that the only version that has ever been made has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of, oh, let's say Pearl Harbor fame. Nice. <laughs> Generously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
let's start with, uh, of course, we just, we're wrapping up our Christmas season here. We just did three Christmas Carol movies, as I explained at the top of the show. So let's trash Star Destroy those three films. White Christmas, All I Want for Christmas, and the movie we just watched, Last Christmas. Trash Star Destroy. Okay. Boy, this is tougher than I imagined because <laughs> I don't really feel the need to be in any of these movies. You mean you want to star in all of them? Uh, yeah, that's it. It's tough. It's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> I think I would star in All I Want for Christmas. And I think I would still, what what I did last week, I think I'd take the Ethan Embry role. As a kid, I would love it, and I truthfully believe confidently that I can do a better job than he did in that movie. Yeah, so uh, this is your second week in a row starring in All I Want for Christmas, and it is not your favorite Christmas movie. You, you want us to believe that. It is Home Alone. I am on the record on this podcast multiple times. Yes. All I Want for Christmas. Are you your current age in that role? I <laughs> hope so. Yes. Um, that sounds great. I don't, like, I guess I've always imagined in these situations that it would be age appropriate that, like, I would, because I've always said that like, I would want to start in Home Alone. If uh, I said that last week, I'd want to start in Home Alone. And I always assumed that I was age appropriate. It's a lot funnier if I'm not, I suppose. Oh, yeah, like Pen15. Be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and uh, eight-year-old Thora Birch can be pounded around. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, wow, that 12-year-old has a huge head. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take the Ethan Embry role in All I Want for Christmas. I'm going to trash White Christmas because wow. m- more than anything, I want to see Michael Bay do Last Christmas. That is the no-brainer choice for me here. That That is the one thing I know I want to see is Michael Bay's Last Christmas. <laughs> he could do a good bus, bus death scene, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> it would be violent. Oh, yeah. I just imagine all the canted angles in the in the emergency room, too, as as the operation's taking place. Ooh, it would be pulse-pounding, yeah. <laughs> Kate, what do you think? Um, I would want to trash White Christmas. Um, oh, think, not a fan. I think we need to take something away from the boomers. Um, I think <laughs> I think they've had enough. Okay, boomer. and <laughs> this movie. I mean, it's war nostalgia. There's too many references to the good old days, and it's like set in the early fifties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Forty-five or forty-four, I think actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the only good part in the movie is Vera Ellen's dancing, but she's in other movies, so we don't need it. Out of here. <laughs> Um, I would want to star in Last Christmas. I want to be the ghost boyfriend. I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's this manic pixie ghost boyfriend role, but they don't lean into it hard enough. And I think that I could do a much better job. So <laughs> that leaves all I want for Christmas. And I want to see Michael Bay work a little magic on it and i don't think he works with children enough so <laughs> i think that's probably for the, uh, the benefit of those children uh, that they I, don't don't so. I don't think so i want to see some explosions with some children and some christmas magic <laughs> excellent yep megan what are you doing with these choices that's me that's me um okay <laughs> So, oof. Um, I decided that I would star in Last Christmas, but as the uh, bitchy lesbian sister, 
because I think I could pull that off. And that's a small <laughs> role and I'm not good at acting. So <laughs> that seemed to make the most sense to me. I think I would like to geek out with Amelia on set about, you know, that, that show with the dragons. So <laughs> <laughs> I had a really tough time choosing between destroy and trash, but I'm going to trash all I want for Christmas. I, I think that movie is trash. Like it's already trash. Um, I have a big problem with Hollywood's portrayal of divorce and like <laughs> kids meddling with it. I think that's like really unhealthy. And so I kind of hate it. We dive into that uh, yeah. last week, actually. With uh, In the 90s, there's a fascination of kids getting their yeah. parents back together, whether no matter how messy or <laughs> involved their divorce was, they're like, yeah. fuck it, my parents are getting back together. Yeah, it's gross. Um, yeah. I hate it. I kind of hate it. So that gets trashed, which means uh, Michael Bay gets to do White Christmas. And I think there should be a big focus on the war. And oh, yeah. Fuck, I, fuck all the same thing. Just, you know, let him have it and do whatever he wants with it. Yeah, finally, a Christmas movie for the troops. That's right. <laughs> Well, geez, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'm with you, ladies. I, I'm going to star in Last Christmas because, as much as I, it's probably my least favorite of these three films. But to work with Emma Thompson, Paul Feig, and Amelia Clark is something I don't think I'm going to pass up. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to take Henry Golding's part. I'm going to be the ghost boyfriend as well, Tom. You just want to get Amelia Clark. Well, listen, there's cool parts to <laughs> being in Last Christmas. You know, it's not all bad. Yeah, and then here's where I'm torn. Which one do I want to give to Michael Bay? I think I go all I want for Christmas uh, for Michael Bay. I, I I just think there's more opportunity for him to really get zany and crazy uh, with like with the children running amok in New York City. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen could still be in it. That would be awesome. I would love to see Michael Bay expand his role in that film as well. So I'm going to do that. And then, yeah, Trash White Christmas, much to dismay of of Christmas classic film lovers out there. I, I know so many people love it, and I just I can't get behind it. I don't I don't like many of the songs. No. Yeah, if we could, if we could extract Sisters out of White Christmas and burn the rest of it, I'd be fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you do with a general or whatever that song is called? I hate it so uh, much. Yeah. It's such stupid propaganda. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do one more category. As we said... The, the spoilers are out. There is a heart transplant in this movie. So let's do three movies of heart transplants. We will do the Marissa Tomei, Christian Slater, Untamed Heart. The David Duchovny, Mini Driver, Return to Me. And the Will Smith, Rosario Dawson, Seven Pounds. Untamed Heart, Return to Me, Seven Pounds, Trash, Star, Destroy. Who wants to go first? Brad? Sure. Yeah. I think I'm going to star an untamed heart uh, and I'm going to take the Christian Slater role. Pretty much the same reason, Chris, you took <laughs> the ghost role in this movie. I mean, Marissa Tomei. Uh, yeah. You could be one of the rapey guys. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Um, so I'll be Christian Slater with what, a baboon heart or whatever a that baboon is. Heart. Yeah. Well, they leave it kind of to chance. They're like, that's just a story, but maybe it's not. They don't really clear it up. Okay. It's well, obviously a story. God damn it. No, I, I like the I like to think it's a baboon heart and is beating in his chest. 
I've heart always thing. felt that it was a baboon heart at heart. Uh, <laughs> so I will star in Untamed Heart. Return to me or seven pounds, I guess. I, I'm going to trash seven pounds because I want to keep Will Smith and the bad boys universe is the only combination of him and Michael Bay for no good reason other than it just makes, it gives me a reason to make this decision. Uh, but I do want to see Michael Bay's return to me um, <laughs> because I mean, that movie's kind of boring. Uh, I mean, it's a, you know, yeah. a love story, whatever, but I, I assume Michael Bay will make it totally outrageous and might make that movie more entertaining. Okay. Fair enough. Kate, Megan, what are you guys thinking? I would trash return to me. It's, <laughs> it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, the, I think that, you know, any David Duchovny vehicle outside of X-Files can probably okay, be true. trashed. <laughs> mm, that's true. I mean, who let that man have a film career? <laughs> <laughs> Let him be a leading role in a rom com. Well, he's not. He doesn't lead too many successful films. Like Evolution didn't do very well. <laughs> then he did Californication, which is, I mean, basically Gross. based off his own life. I think that one we can just very cle- cleanly get rid of, and we're not going to be too sad about it. Um, I would want to star in Seven Pounds, um, and I. It is so self-important that I think that making Michael Bay do it is just going to make it implode on itself. I don't think that we could let Michael Bay touch that one. Uh, And I want the Will Smith role because I want to act up against a sexy, cool Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I like all the scene chewing. Uh, (laughs) And that means we're going to destroy Untamed Heart because I want to see Michael Michael Bay bring in a real goddamn baboon into this movie. <laughs> you're so right. That's the yeah. smartest thing. Yeah. That's you're absolutely right. We're going to see a baboon on a table right next to Christian Slater. We are. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's the correct choice. <laughs> like Midsommar style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the table. Yes, crossover. <laughs> All right, Megan. All right. Well, I love Return to Me, so I'm going to star in it. <laughs> Everyone's like, fuck Return to Me. Easily the one I'm trashing. And again, I'm going to go with um, David Duchovny's first wife because she has a small role and I'm a terrible actress. But she also gets to work with Sydney. Yay, Sydney. You know, the, the, the ape. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> so that's True. cool. I, I would do oh, that. Yeah. I forgot there's a monkey in that movie, too. Yes, there's there's not one in Untamed Heart, but monkeys. there is one in Return to Me. Yeah. I want to trash Untamed Heart. It's a love story based on an attempted rape scene. What the hell? That's just the meat cute. That's not what it's based on. <laughs> That's what it was based on. It's, it's like it's like uh, that Jodie Foster movie, Light. What's that called? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's like that. The rom-com version of that. (laughs) I won't have it. (laughs) Um, And I'm going (laughs) to destroy seven pounds. I think for the same reason Kate wanted to not destroy it, which is, I think we could really amp that movie up with some Michael Bay. Um, It can just really go off the rails. And Will Smith is great uh, with, with Michael Bay action. So it fits 
I'm with you 100% there. I'm definitely <laughs> giving seven pounds to Michael Bay. Hopefully, he turns it into Bad Boys 3 instead of the Bad Boys for Life that we got. Uh, am I going to hear this again? <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear this again. Yeah. yeah, because I hate that it's called Bad Boys for Life and it's Bad Boys 3. Yes, I, I, I that annoys me to no end. Uh, but, Brad, you and I agree that Bad Boys 3, Bad Boys for Life, would have probably been better if Michael Bay actually had directed it. Words I did say, yes. And, spoiler for Seven Pounds, because I cannot not bring this up, I would love to see Michael Bay direct Will Smith killing himself in a bathtub with a jellyfish. I think oh, that is yeah. the most yeah. ridiculous, hilarious scene in this very self-serious movie. When when I got to the end of that film, I lost my right. mind. <laughs> I did not cry. I lost <laughs> my mind that he sits down in the bathtub and releases a deadly jellyfish to kill him. So funny. I mean, and right up Michael Bay's alley. That can easily be set in Miami. There's your new bad boys. Yeah, and, you know, the consensus, I'm going with it. I'm trashing Return to Me. I don't care for it that much. Although it is, yeah. it has its charming points. That's a nice little romance. Yeah, and the yeah. old men, like Minnie Driver's old men circle that she has, like her grandpa and his buddies, they're pretty fun. Like, there's a lot of charming character actors in there. Uh, but I am absolutely starring in Untamed Heart. Put that scar across my chest. I am taking Christian Slater's role. Not only do I get to act in a whole movie against Marissa Tomei, who I think is very talented and incredibly beautiful. But um, yeah, I get to have that cool baboon scar uh, on my chest. And uh, it was a real hot commodity in Hollywood when it came out. Like there was like a lot of people vying for those two parts, like a lot of like hot celebrities. Really? So yeah, yeah. It was, it was like a big property before it was made. Everyone like really wanted it. Was actually even called Baboon Heart for a little while in production. What? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And honestly, I think Christian Slater kind of sucks in that movie. I think his performance is pretty flat. I mean, he's supposed to be kind of this like quiet, reserved busboy, but he just comes off as with no charisma whatsoever. And I, I generally do like Christian Slater's performances, but. He can get the hell out of Untamed Heart. I'm, I'm jumping in there. Yeah. That's because he has a baboon heart, Chris. That shouldn't affect... <laughs> it's, it's a wild heart, though. Come on, Brad. That should make him... Tame. Yeah. More... Sure. Manic. Yeah. Exactly. Crazed. Vigorous in his lovemaking. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's take a quick break, because that's Trash Star Destroy for another week. And we'll be right back with more Last Christmas, more Kate Smith, more Megan Pryor Viver, and more High on Film after this. Just as Charles Dickens taught us in A Christmas Carol, there's nothing like the threat of your own mortality to put you in the holiday spirit. I know that's how Queen Latifah feels in Last Holiday. After a doctor gives her a terminal diagnosis, she eats, prays, and loves her way through the Czech Republic. She'll charm the likes of Giancarlo Esposito and Gerard Depardieu along the way, but ultimately, ladies love Cool James. She always thought she was somebody, and she was. Last holiday. And we're back. High on film talk and last Christmas for this Christmas's Christmas podcast episode. And we're going to dig into it now. It's time for some scene work. We're going to discuss the three best and the three worst scenes of the film, in that order, we're a very optimistic podcast, so we will start things off optimistically with... Best scene! 
What are our three best scenes for last Christmas? (sighs) Like the three least boring scenes. Yeah, Yeah, well, we could be liberal with the term scene, too. So if it's a performance or the soundtrack, that totally is fine. (laughs) I've gone liberal here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go for it, Kate. What do you got? All right. So my third favorite was Katarina's makeup journey <laughs> from the beginning of the movie she you know she's a mess and they always love this trope of like girl who's an alcoholic bottom of hole situation so she's got her black smudgy eyeshadow and her messy lipstick and then as she goes throughout the movie and as she starts kind of pulling the pieces of her life back together her makeup gets lighter and more subdued she's very natural by the end of the movie and um I just think that that's such a funny trope that they do with this one. <laughs> I True. also, yeah, I also loved um, the second thing was the set design. I actually think the set design in this movie is pretty incredible. The Christmas shop in particular with all of those Christmas trees, all the lights that they've got, you know, the London Christmas vibe, really pleasant, really beautiful to look at. So it was a nice distraction from the dialogue. So it's like the whole movie. Your favorite, yeah, your favorite I, scene, yeah. Um, Looking at it, liberal with this. <laughs> it, the whole movie is pretty to look at. I mean, it's pretty yes. people parading around in London, yeah. you know, with all, no. yeah, just always just rain. is good. Yeah, no, I I do appreciate that. My number one is all of the moments that really become hilarious in retrospect of the twist. So. Um, thinking, yeah. <laughs> thinking of, I like that this is your best scene. <laughs> I love it. It's like this beautiful shot in front of that I have of her changing on the side of the road with those construction guys whistling at her. Like she was just out there and her looking like a maniac breaking into an ice skating rink. <laughs> like all of those things. I was like, we're they're just glossing right over that and just moving us into her lessons learned at the end. But um, I quite en- I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> Oh, the the changing thing for me is something that is so crazy that one, she just decides to change in a doorway outside on the street and she has, you know, Tom say, oh, cover me up. And he stands in front of her, but it's revealed. And they actually go back to that scene <laughs> at the end and to reveal that he's not there. Just her changing in the doorway. And these construction workers like catcalling her. Yep. It's insane it's, that she like, actually thought she was changing in private or semi-private. Yeah. And we're not looking back at that as, as, as a movie. The movie is like, we're just going to... We're gonna let you sit with this, and maybe later you'll realize. <laughs> don't spend a lot of time time on but it. But they, they do go back and show you exactly what she was doing. Then, like when they do the Fight Club, like reveal of all the times that he was supposed to be there but wasn't. That is included in one of them, and I was like, you should gloss over this. One. Don't remind us that she just changed <laughs> on a public street. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, it was Kate's favorite. I know, I know. I'll have more to say about it when we get to the other half of the segment. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all of my positives are the, just the other side of the coin of all of the negatives of this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a fine line between best and worst scene. Yeah. What do you got, Brad? Um, okay, so I have my number three. I mean, it was really hard for me to come up with any scenes in this movie, truthfully. Like, as hard as it's been for me in a while with a movie to come up with best scenes. Uh, the number three, is, and I should have looked up what the actual song title is, is when they're in uh, his apartment 
and there he's like putting her to sleep and they sing that song the tell me your secret or whatever the song's actually called together um it was it's a sweet moment and and they both like kind of sing it well enough and um i found it very charming and i found that that scene in general in the apartment was when i thought their chemistry was kind of at its best even though the plot is kind of ridiculous i do think also her explaining the heart transplant and showing the scar and um the emotion she emits in that scene i i thought was pretty good uh <laughs> so that's my number three my number two is the doctor scene uh when emma thompson and Amelia Clark go to the doctor and it's this kind of back and forth of, so are you eating well? Yes. No, she eats terribly. Uh, so are you sleeping well? Nope. She never sleeps. Uh, so are you, you not drinking very much? Yeah, I don't drink. No, she drinks all the time. And just the very mother daughter like quality there. And you have Emma Thompson who, you know, is always a very good actor is a good, very good actress always does a, at least a pretty good job. So I, I found that scene fun. I like that scene too. And it felt like it was tailor made for the trailer because the Emma Thompson, yes. she's drink like pirates. I was like, that's, that's a trailer scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was my number two. And my number one is just the soundtrack. I mean, and while I, I'll probably have problems, like I'll explain my issues with it uh, in the worst scene. I mean, it's all pretty good music. So, I mean, worse comes to worse. I can just sit there and basically listen to, the music and that was little, little wham little george michael yeah, yeah and you get some so you know montage yeah i mean yeah probably right i mean you get montages uh and it's just good music that you could basically get up and walk away and just listen to the music and not have to watch what's going on in the movie sure. it's so true <laughs> so yeah. that's my number one i get it i get it i do too yeah well, what do you what do you have meg <laughs> Uh, okay, my number three, um, there was another quippy scene in this movie, and it was the dinner scene with the penis talk. I did love that. Yes, the, the language barrier between her yeah. Yugoslavian mother and father. Uh, yeah, I love a good uh, language barrier family dinner scene with a lot of yeah. penis talk. It's really funny. Yeah, because what their, um, their neighbor's name is Dick, and the Yugoslavian mother finds right. out that Dick is a euphemism for penis. So right. she thinks... The neighbor's name is Penis. Like, why it is? Why is his name Penis? Yeah, it's really funny. The way we're explaining it is really funny too. <laughs> Number two, I love when her friends kick her out. They stand up to her, and they're like, "No, we have boundaries. We are normal, and you're a mess. Get out." And I love that. She deserves yeah, it. She definitely does. It's a lesson for all of us in boundaries. No rom-com is, is too rom com for boundaries. <laughs> also from the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus said it. Yep. Um, all right. My top scene was, of course, uh, I think this was a montage, but when we find out, it was in the lyrics the whole time. <laughs> yep. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Like, literally. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, duh, Meg. I was like, Jesus. Right that's there, when, you, when you figured it out. That's when I figured it out. They play that song so much. Like I was supposed to. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I just, I didn't think you would take a song like that literally, like, like physically, literally. 
that that's that's a bit extreme but i like that scene it's funny i feel like that means that you are exactly the target audience yep. for this except i hate these movies <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those were mine yeah i'm with you guys uh actually three for me is is a little bit of set design uh, it's something really small though it's a one detail of it i love that when you get to um, Amelia Clark's mom's house, Petra's house, uh, she lives in a duplex. And the one side, their neighbors are decorated like the Griswolds live there. And then Petra's side is not decorated at all. I, I think you get that shot like two or three times as an establishing shot. And I just think it's so, I, I, I thought it was just so nice to to look at and kind of uh, a fun foil for, you know, the world and their Christmas attitude versus this family and their attitudes for Christmas. Uh, I thought that was really nice. And I will say, I hate, I agree with you though. I hated when she first shows up and she's like walking into the, you like see a wide shot and she's like walking towards the house. And for some reason, like she's like walking towards the Christmassy side and then just like turns away at the last second to go to the other side. That was such a bullshit fake out. Like who yeah. walks like that? So <laughs> to your mom's house too. Yeah, it's like, not like a rounded turn to the front door. Um, yeah. And that comes on the heels too of uh the twist of her dad is her Uber driver. Yeah. I was right. like, oh, what is this garbage? Uh, and why doesn't she have keys to her house where she lives? She's like bang on the door. Well, that I think because she's a terrible daughter and everyone's kicked her out, I think. Yeah, uh, she kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna defend this movie too hard, but I will say I think that one is justified. But I thought it was always like, oh, you could go home, but I don't want to go there. Was kind of it was kind of more the way it was delivered rather than she was also kicked out of her house. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe she just but, lost her keys. That's she's a mess. Yeah, actually, that's probably the most realistic answer. She got drunk. They're they're sitting on a bar floor somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Somebody uh, breaks in and steals all her family stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, number two for me is um, Faith, when Faith comes on. I was like, oh, yes, great. We're playing Faith in this movie. It's, there's a montage going. It's so digestible. And I got to hear probably the best Wham song there is. So I was fine with that. I think and that's the George Michael song. I don't think that the is. George Michael's not Wham? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it's just George Michael. Yeah. Uh, and number one for me is, I, I'm going to say this. The, the acting in general, I think Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, Michelle um, Yeoh, Emma Thompson, I, I think the acting's pretty good despite the script being pretty uh, bad. Non-existent? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it is. I, it might be a little bit of, a, you know, pretty people just saying things in front of my eyes, like, you know, kind of like smoke and mirrors thing. But I, I do think they all you know, show up for this film. I, I don't think any of the, the main characters are really phoning in their performances here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it made it go by quicker than I thought it would for a movie that I really don't care for. But again, yeah, they have a charm. It gives the movie a charm that's one of its only positive characteristics. So I'll, I'll give you that. But I do think maybe it's a little the smoke and mirrors thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't doubt it. But yeah, I, I think, Kate, you said before the show, like this movie could would benefit from being worse. Yes. <laughs> it can only go up from going down. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, we're, we're already sliding down into it. If there's a best scene, that means there's a worse scene. What's the three worst scenes in last Christmas? And this one was much harder. Cause there's so many options. I have yeah, so much written down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, I could go first. Uh, I mean, yeah. apologies. My, mine might be a little broad at times too, so apologies <laughs> for that. Uh, like I mean, my number journey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my number three is pretty specific, uh, which is the M- Michelle Yeoh Santa, uh, which I am glad that they backtracked on that, like explaining her name Santa. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> But her like love at first sight scene with the man who enters the store was, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if that was the way they were directed, the way they act the scene. Like, first of all, I thought they knew each other. Like, I thought this was like someone who had been in the store before and they have like an ongoing thing. And then when it wasn't and we're playing, I guess, love at first sight, which, you know, is fine. But I always kind of bump on the love at first sight trope and it, it that whole storyline for me in this movie, while when you kind of see it more Michelle Yeoh and uh, Amelia Clark talking about it, I think, and like this Amelia Clark trying to like help her out, I think it plays better. But those scenes all like they become these uh, almost zombies in love. And it's just very weird tonally for the rest of the movie uh, to me. Uh, number yeah, their two- chemistry is not great. Yeah. And they like the way they're, if that was how they were directed, like they're not even given an opportunity to have chemistry because they're yeah. supposed to be so taken by one another. They can barely speak or do anything they basically just, like stare at each other. I felt like, I felt like instead of ha- actually having any depth to this movie, they were like, we're just going to go as broad as possible. And we're going to bring in all of these random side characters with their quirky one-liners um, but then there's no real like substance to any of it. And I feel like this side plot with Santa and her, you know, love it for insight, dude, is like a perfect example of that. Well, and kind of going into my number two, which is the structure of this movie. Like there is no plot. It is literally like I, I said to Chris, it's like it's like a jukebox musical. I mean, I know it's not because they're not singing it, but. It's literally like the plot is driven by the way they could find the right George Michael or Wham song to drive Mm -hmm. the plot in the right way. And it was all just like, we have to get to this twist. The twist is the only thing that matters and everything else in between. We have to find the right songs from this list in order to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. It's so contrived. Yeah. And there's no motivation for her change other than him showing up. It's not like he like forces her to be better or like really shows her the error of her ways. He's just like, yeah, let's go for a walk. And because you talked to me one night, you want to be a better person. It's ridiculous. Well, and he shows her a homeless shelter. <laughs> sure, oh, yeah. she never knew they existed before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my number one worst scene is how we, in the twist, and when we go back and we know we don't explain how she know. So if if if, if Tom isn't there. How does she know to go to that ice skating rink? How does she know to go to his apartment? How does she get into those places? How did they get ice skates at the ice skating rink? There's nobody there. I mean, yes, I I think that's what probably the answer would be, but it drove me nuts. Like how, it's like, oh my God, an ice skating rink. Like you had to know that was there. You went there by yourself. (laughs) I, I can justify that one because she has to learn how to skate. So even if she's like, obviously has some mental issues because she's seeing ghosts. Um, but like, she knows she needs to learn to skate to audition for Frozen on ice. So she goes the night before to like kind of test out her her ice legs. 
but the apartment is absolutely bonkers. Like how she knew it was an abandoned apartment to get in by herself. Crazy. Um, maybe it's the men- maybe it's like the mental health thing. But when she shows up at the ice sk- skating rink, he reveals it to her, and she's like, "Wow!" Like she didn't know it was there. I I think this is one of these movies where you have to just believe that he's a real angel. <laughs> like <laughs> that's just real in this movie for some reason. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how she figured it out. He was there with the with all of the Christmas spirit that comes with him. Yeah, and, and you're probably sure, right. Sure. This, is, this is my own thing, but I do think that if they would have leaned into that, I would almost prefer they yeah. leaned into that harder and made that like very obvious, like you know, almost make it a Christmas Carol type thing where he is a ghost and, and it's like really more of an active decision. Then maybe yeah, I would show have her show her how her de- her decisions hurt those she loves. Oh, like he's like the ghost like of of heavy makeup or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Megan, what do you what do you think here for your for your worst worst scenes? Well, my third worst was that shower scene where she's caught <laughs> cheating. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, honestly, like she wasn't cheating. A the guy's cheating, right? She's just yeah having a good time. Yep. And she's sitting there in the shower arguing with this girl, like just giving her bullshit reasons why she's there. And I'm like. Just tell her you didn't know. Maybe she'll let you get dressed. Like, shut up. Just shut up for a second and tell her what happened. Like, I hate scenes like this in movies because the solution is so easy. It's right in front of you. Like, just be honest. One line of communication can resolve this whole issue. Yeah. And it's just thrown in there for for a quick joke. A joke that's been done before in many movies. Like So many times. Yeah. So that, that scene drove me bonkers. Like, same reason, number two was the bench breakup. Amelia Clark, again, would not shut the fuck up and let him talk and explain to her why they can't be together or whatever it was. And she just like, blah, 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 blah. I break up with you because I don't remember what it was because it was just so dumb. And she like leaves. And that's how they break up. And I also hate in that situation, like, he why doesn't he just go like no 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 wait hold on give me one second to explain this and i'll break it on down but no they have to make the movie longer yeah yeah that he no. could like cut himself and show her like look i'm dead real quick yeah. that's how he shows <laughs> wave his hand to the bench guys we're look, not doing no your blood. horror podcast right oh, now oh sorry right. <laughs> uh, all right number number one on my list was um Anytime she sang, Amelia specifically, the little girl was fine. She was like at school. That's normal. Amelia singing in front of the homeless shelter. Amelia singing at the homeless shelter. Amelia singing (laughs) that song with him in his apartment that she just, you know, like hung out in. Like, she's not that good. She's fine. She's fine. And they made such a big deal out of her singing and watching her sing drove me nuts. She did have a cute outfit at the end, but that was about it. It is weird that she's like supposed to be like, oh, I'm I'm trying to be a professional singer. It seems like, and well, yeah. like she has a nice voice, but nothing that like you're not going to be a professional, right? I was like expecting them to dub her with like Mariah Carey or something, and <laughs> nothing. It was just nope. This is Amelia. She's fine. Yeah, yeah. They even have that joke uh, when she's running late to the audition with. Rob Delaney and Peter Serafinowicz 
where they're like, oh, maybe she's the next Barbara Streisand. And then she just croaks out a few lines and you're just like, okay. okay. All right, you didn't get it. She's got like no range. Yeah, she's yeah. terrible. So that, that's it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in with you guys. I, I Number three for me is Michelle Yeoh playing a character named Santa. Yeah. I, I, I was so confused in the beginning of this movie why that was happening. I was like, is this just for the store? Why did they ever name this character Santa? Is it because she owns a Christmas store? Is it like one hand feeds the other was she named santa they eventually explain it that she's just a it's a shrewd business move i guess that like at whatever store she happens to have she names herself after something like when she had a bakery she called herself muffin when she had what was the other one like a pet shop she named herself kitty or something like that right yep. yeah 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 i okay sure i guess that's justifiable but i I spent three quarters of this movie banging my head against the wall every time they mentioned her name. Like, oh, Santa is that? I'm like, get out of here. Why is her name Santa? I had it on my list until until the reveal. And Me I too. was like, okay, cool. Now at least there's a reason for it. Yeah, it's still, the, the reel but doesn't it, make me feel good about yeah, the choice. No, like, it's annoying either way. <laughs> two for me is is the the look up. Look up. It's on the, it's his bench dedication. He says it to her like five times. What? It comes into play not once, other than when she gets her face shit on by a bird. Like, there's nothing else that Look Up references. What's interesting about that, interesting, is uh, by looking down, she would have seen the fucking bench with his name on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like really bad advice. Checking behind her. <laughs> not tripping over shit i just kept waiting for it to like lead her into the the denouement right like to look up and finally see oh hey look uh that somehow leads to her getting a part in a in a in a show or something but nothing ever comes of it and it just drove me insane uh but number one for me is the general fight clubness of this movie when like i said the minute i figured it out or at least i think i would have figured it out if i didn't know it ahead of time is when they have henry golding do these crazy little like sidesteps and athletic jumps and spins around people on the sidewalk (laughs) because of course they can't see him so he's like dancing around them and amelia clark's like oh aren't you just a peppy little dancer in the streets (laughs) and i right there was like oh this is exactly where i figure out the twist and it just gets worse from there like you said like how does amelia clark know to go to these places it's his bicycle a ghost bike how does he have a bicycle and where is that i have so many things written down for this part of the movie it's it's just insane like she's she kisses him at one point like she's just like making out with a ghost like nothing it was her hand the whole time yeah yeah but nothing got me more than those stupid balletic moves he's doing in the street to avoid other pedestrians where i was just rolling my eyes right out of my head Kate, what are your three worst scenes of last Christmas? I mean, it was so tough. I had such a long list, but I tried to distill it down. I knew what my number one was going to be pretty much when I knew (laughs) what movie we were doing. Uh, The third one was uh, the montage at the end over the song Last Christmas. I just so cheesy, too much. I hate a montage. It was like just... (laughs) just let it end we get it we're smart enough to get it well 
not all of us. <laughs> <laughs> My second one was Emma Thompson's accent. And it kills me that she did it to herself. She was a co-writer in this movie and she um, she made the choice. And I was just, I mean, it seemed like she was having a good time. So I'll give her credit for that. But <laughs> I think that um, it was just a little too broad. And I wish that there was... I don't know. I just wish that she had made a different choice or just cast someone else in that one. I almost put this on my list was the like shoehorning in of the Brexit political commentary of the like, oh, they're immigrants. And, and like that scene at the very end where she's like, mom, I get it. You're so anxious because you think you're going to get deported. And it's like, okay, I guess we're going to just wrap up this in 90 seconds. <laughs> going to introduce it and then we're going to close it right out <laughs> i don't have it on my list but it should have been on there so that'll be my, my 1.5 um <laughs> worst sure. i appreciate that i'm glad we i'm glad we got through it yeah because talk about sh- like just forcing something in there that is like a really important topic that you yeah. you shouldn't just like yeah, it's kind of a fun side fun c plot yeah it seemed like a like a day of like we're just going to like write this because it feels so like separate to everything else that's going on in this rom-com. So I was yeah not a fan of that. My number one is that the song last Christmas is played five separate times in the movie. <laughs> and I hate the song last Christmas so much. It is my least favorite Christmas song. I like Christmas music. I'm a person who likes Christmas things. I decorate. I listen to Christmas music. She's um, like Santa. I am not like Santa, but I <laughs> but I just could I it played once at the beginning and um I saw as the credits were running, I didn't realize that like we said earlier that George Michael was going to have a writing credit uh, um a music credit for the movie. And then I went, oh, my God, this is like my personal nightmare because it's just going to be a movie of all wham and George Michael. <laughs> and then within the first, I want to say 30 minutes of the movie, the song is played three times. And then fortunately, they, you know, pull off of the gas a little bit and then they just work through other wham and George Michael terrible songs. Um, and then at the end, Amelia. they're like, don't forget. And they're like banging you over the head with it. They're like, this movie is called last Christmas. <laughs> don't forget montage montage. It's like, Fuck, make it stop. Um, so that was my least favorite part of this movie was that it was a George Michael wham movie. That's your return to me, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well we've got our other favorite podcast game yet to play that's right it's time for milking it our favorite podcast game we are going to roll out the big computer of hollywood ideas 2000 here in just a moment fire up and it's going to provide us with a little bit of information going forward We'll each get a genre, director, or actor card, which will lead us to take whatever we'd like from last Christmas. The characters, the soundtrack, the plot lines, whatever we'd want to salvage from this film, reimagine it as a brand new movie. We'll need a title and a quick summary from each one of us. And it will also, the computer will also give us three, or four, I guess, in this case, since we have four guests, uh, pitch times. We will double up on one this time, since this is our first time with four guests and pitch times. But we'll have 30 seconds being the elevator pitch, 
one American minute for the water cooler pitch, or 90 seconds for the boardroom pitch. So let's get out the old computer here and fire up and see what it has for us today. Here we go. It looks like I'll I'll be starting us off with the elevator pitch. 30 seconds for me to get out the last Christmas prequel. Mm. All right. A lot of, a lot of backstory in this. Yeah. Maybe I'll finally justify the, the Yugoslavia stuff. (laughs) Please try. (laughs) It's just a movie about war darn Yugoslavia. (laughs) Kate and Meg, you both will be doing a water cooler pitch one minute each to get out uh meg you'll be doing last christmas as a tim burton movie yes and oh kate this is quite appropriate for your other show uh you'll do last christmas as a slasher flick oh how topical yeah i like that certainly a little blood and guts could be uh could be tolerated in this movie yeah i mean there's a surgery in it and brad you're gonna you're gonna cap us off here with the boardroom pitch mr executive oh boy and here you go as a James Cameron film. Ah, Jimmy Cams. All right. Jimmy Cams. We all know you're anxiously awaiting Avatar 2. So <laughs> don't say that. What? That's not true? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hated all right. Avatar 1. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a few minutes to gather our thoughts and we'll be right back with more High on Film and four brand new movies for your listening enjoyment. All right, here we go. Taking it away with milk, and it is me. I'm starting it off. Elevator pitch for the prequel. Uh, I'm a little ashamed to say I think this is going to be as exactly what you think it is, but we'll see. 30 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Elevator doors are closing. Okay, uh, of course, we're now set during the Yugoslav Wars. Petra and Ivan are doing their best to make a Merry Christmas for their young daughter, Katerina. Uh, They're a young couple, but the stress of an ongoing war around them, uh, compounded with the emotional baggage that the holidays carries with them, starts to break them apart. Having nothing left, they must uh, rekindle the magic between them as they flee Yugoslavia and arrive in London to start their new lives on Christmas morning. In past Christmas. Oh, Yay, I love good it. Title. That was pretty yeah. good, yeah. Thanks. You must be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, check out Death at Sunset, two seasons, available now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. A little, little cross promo. <laughs> great music on that show. There is, there is wonderful music on that show and great original music on this show as well, That's done right. by Zach Pfeiffer. Zach Pryor hyphen Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, I do find it funny, Chris, that you just got totally rid of the other sister. <laughs> right. I was like, is I Katarina forgot about Martha. Totally got rid of the, oh, that was sister. her name, Martha. Yeah. Right. Well, like this film, I forgot she existed for long stretches of time. <laughs> um, sorry, Martha was off at boarding school somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, guys, we're up to the water cooler pitch. Megan and Kate, who wants to go first? I will go first. All right, Kate. The executive's at the water cooler. You're grabbing your Dixie cup. One minute to get out your slasher flick. Away you go. All right, set the scene. London, depths of winter. The news is abuzz with the word of a new Jack the Ripper afoot. 
Katerina is a scatterbrained working girl trying to make her way through Christmas time, struggling to make ends meet. Her situation is spiraling out of control with men and drink until one day she bumps into a mysterious yet charming man who seems to be waiting around every dark corner and on each empty park bench. When her boss is brutally murdered, he offers to help Katerina hunt down the killer. Her paranoia grows, and she can't help but fall deeper under the spell of this man. Who's stealing whose heart in Slash Christmas? Oh, awesome. Nice. I like that title a lot. Slash Christmas is great. Oh my God. I have really to follow good. this. This is like a you could real have went first, Megan. This is like a real pitch. Mine is just a good. mess of thoughts. Yeah, this is good. Oh, don't worry. I feel like. I feel like Tim Burton's last couple movies have just been a mess of thoughts, so uh, <laughs> that's appropriate. Johnny Depp and various hats and scarves. Yes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, right, Johnny Depp, shit. Okay, I'll add that in. Okay. okay. Uh, you could probably leave yeah, him out. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> no, I thought Amber Heard is the villain. I thought Johnny no. Depp is all right. Which is mm. it, guys? Reddit? Or Johnny everyone Depp else? is a terrible person. Oh, man. All right. I'm so glad we talked about this before I forgot to add him to my movie, so I won't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Perfect. Yeah. All right. A one-minute water cooler pitch. Tim Burton's Last Christmas. Here we go, Meg. Okay. So it's obviously going to be a stop motion about the last Christmas on Earth. That, so I kept that, last the, the word last Christmas I kept. Also, there's a mother-daughter duo, and uh, they're in sham relationships. So I kept that as well from last Christmas. Uh, they've been tasked <laughs> with making it the best Christmas for mankind. And they have to go on an epic Hobbit-style journey to find Santa and bring back like tokens of the Christmas spirit to make it a cool Christmas. So they meet a lot of characters along the way, no longer Johnny Depp. Maybe Helena Bonham Carter, um, Michael Keaton. Um, and they teach oh, yeah. them about all the elements of Christmas, like friendship, baking, fidelity, and gift giving. <laughs> <laughs> when Once they get home, they perform a Disney-esque creepy seance, and their hearts are supplanted with these said totems. I, I couldn't figure out the totems, but just they're there. Saving their relationships and leaving Earth with a bang of Christmas spirit. Maybe they even live in the North Pole, which isn't on Earth at all. Who knows? And so my title, I, I have three titles, but I'll, you know, the one I landed on, I'll go last. It's either, uh, I started with The Nightmare Before Last Christmas, because duh. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, last Christmas on Earth, because that's basic. But what I landed on was a spoopy last Christmas. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. A that's spooky last Christmas. No, no, no. Spoopy. <laughs> Spoopy. Not spooky. Okay, you know what spoopy is, is right? That a word? Yeah, right? I do. Yeah, we must all look at different meme pages. I know. It's uh, just like a meme, uh, and yeah. I, I'm getting old, and I wanted to use a meme in the title. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Spell spoopy for me. S-P-O-O-P-Y. Oh, okay. I think it's well, just what, Kate? Like a cute way of spelling spooky. Yeah, like a spoopy yeah. spell. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So it's poopy with an S. Mm-hmm. Well, it's spooky with a P, an extra P. Come yeah. on. No poop in Christmas. <laughs> That's also from the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Jesus said it. Yeah. Exactly. He was like, listen, I was born in a manger. That was the first and last time I had poop on Christmas. Yes. 
Yeah. That's where it it's came fine. from. Sick and tired of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, uh, minute and a half. The boardroom pitch for James Cameron's Last Christmas. Okay. Uh, for the task? No. Here goes anyway. Okay. Legendary filmmaker James Cameron will tell the tale of a woman who is part of a blue tribe that is being hunted by Terminators because they are after <laughs> one thing, her heart. To avoid them, she will team with Leonardo DiCaprio and set sail on a famous ill-fated ship, and they will battle the Terminators on the high seas, which it'll be okay with the water thing in Terminators. Like They're more advanced at that point, so it'll, it'll be fine. Um, so the ship starts to sink once they're destroyed by the Terminators, but they do end up blowing up the Terminator ship and they all sink underwater with their thumb, with one thumb up in the air saying, Hey, we tried, but failed. And we, then we're in the water with the woman and Leonardo DiCaprio and she's on the, on the door and looking down at him. But then she realizes that he was never really there at all, that he was a ghost all along and he, you know, is gone. Um, so in part of the movie, we're also going to be following the music of Celine Dion. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're going to get yeah. montages like it's all a montage of it's all coming back to me now when she realizes that he was a ghost all along because you loved me. Is there a romantic moment on the ship together, even though he's a ghost? And of course, the movie title and the song that the movie is, uh, is a big part of it. My heart will go on. Incredible. Incredible. Yes. So good. You fucking genius. <laughs> so good. I knew that my heart would go on thing, and I was like, oh. I just got to get shit to get there. Just like last Christmas. A, a song. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. James Cameron doing this movie as my heart will go on is brilliant. Congratulations, Brad. Oh, so Thank good. you. And thank yeah. you, James. <laughs> for yeah. your years of hard work and probably being a total asshole you could probably have henry golding be like um some sort of like water spirit like in the abyss too if you oh. want to add that one into this since you got titanic and avatar and uh terminator uh, terminator yeah i wanted to fit true lies i wanted to fit true lies in somehow but i was like cast tom arnold i don't know <laughs> yeah. that's what, exactly what everyone says <laughs> true all right, guys. I think we just sold four movies to yeah. the studio system. Congratulations. Woo! Another successful day in Hollywood. <laughs> this is how it works, right? Exactly how it works. <laughs> well, guys, we only have one more segment left on the show, and that's Brad Davis. You just watched Last Christmas. What are you going to do next? Two classic movies I haven't watched. One a Christmas movie and one more of a New Year's movie that I want to check off my list. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, obviously. And oh. The Apartment. Oh, yeah. I I watched that movie a couple years ago, and now I pretty much watch The Apartment once a year. I love that movie. So those will be checked off my list before the end of the year. Yeah, uh, and not off-talked-about uh, New Year's movie, for sure. I agree. Kate Smith, you just watched Last Christmas. What are you going to do next? I am going to watch a Christmas horror movie, Krampus. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen that. I've always meant to. Yeah, um, it's fun, and I think that it gets you in the nice, spooky, festive spirit. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of these Christmases, we're going to do a horror Christmas and do, like, Black yes. Christmas and Krampus and all that. <laughs> one of these one of these years down the road. 
Megan Pryor Pfeiffer, you just watched Last Christmas. What are you going to do next? Um, I'm going to drink and mm-hmm. I'm going mm-hmm. to watch Gremlins, which is my favorite Christmas movie. That's your number one for Christmas movies? I, I think it is. It's either that or Love Actually. I, I really, I might watch both, actually. I do mm-hmm. love Love Actually. It's really divisive. How many times can I keep saying actually? How many times <laughs> can I actually keep saying actually? Gremlins, also Batman Returns, which I saw last mm. night. So I don't need to rewatch that. But yeah. Yeah. I, Gremlins and Batman Returns uh, are two of my favorite, like, sidestep Christmas movies as well. I really, yeah. really love both of them. It's, it's an easy way to get around Christmas movies and still feel like you're having a little bit of the Christmas spirit. Chris, you just watched the classic Last Christmas. What are you going to do next? Well, I'm going to amend that that sentence and edit out the classic. Chris, you just watched Last Christmas. What are you going to do next? Uh, you know, I'm sorry, Kate. I'm, I think I'm going to delve more into the music of Wham! and George Michael. Um, I always really loved Faith and Freedom 90. I think those songs are awesome. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go is fun and, and kitschy, but... I don't know what it is, actually. I was going through the soundtrack of this movie because there's absolutely one George Michael song in this movie that I really did like and I've never heard before. And I was trying to figure it out which one it was before before we started, and I didn't find it yet. So I'm going to go seek that out. Ooh, Wikipedia rabbit hole. Do yeah. Careless Whisper. I don't think that's in the movie. No, it's, not. Not. it's a good one. That is a good one. It is a good one. You're right. Thank you, Brad. I'll, I'll write that down. There you go. <laughs> Careless Whisper in the queue. Happy New Year. Well, guys, that's the show. Um, thank you so much, Kate and Megan, for being here today. Co- take it from me. Go listen to Not Quite Dead. It is a wonderful horror podcast. Uh, they cover some great, great horror films. Such as Saw 4. Yeah, please take it from here. What do you what do? You, uh, <laughs> yeah. are, is your season wrapped already? Yeah, we just wrapped season three. Uh, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and check out our blog at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Our season three was all about independent horror films. So lots of great A24 gems. If you're into some Ari Aster, um, Midsommar, Hereditary, Blair Witch, uh, The Wicker Men, both in 1976, and the Nick Cage remake. We've got a Classic. lot of fun, got a lot of fun stuff in the season. Make sure to check rubber. it out. Yeah, rubber. <laughs> the classic rubber. <laughs> oh yeah, Meg made me watch Rubber one night. It I did. It was hilarious to deal with his texts of moment. <laughs> That movie's like um, The Ring, where it's like you watch it and you're like, now I have to make seven other people watch this movie. (laughs) You experience a wedding. I can't be alone in this. Uh, Brad, thank you as always, my friend. My pleasure. And just one more time, everyone, please go rate and review and listen to Death at Sunset. Two seasons out right now for free. Go listen to it. It's a film noir radio play podcast that Brad and I worked very hard on, along with some very, very talented people, including Megan's wonderful husband zach who did all of the beautiful music for that show and the one you're listening to right now uh and that's it guys i'm here that's yep nepotism (laughs) another staple of hollywood yes (laughs) that's why you're here (laughs) that's it for us guys have a safe and happy rest of your holiday season and we will be back in january all right thanks guys every listeners thanks for listening uh listening we love you goodbye 
Thanks again, folks, for passing the hat around so we can keep the lights on for one more song. And now, for your final performance, the indelible version of Last Christmas, made famous by the movie. You know his name. Say it with me. The, the Christmas, Christmas Gibbon! Gibbon. Film is a Maxwell Davis Productions podcast. Original music by Zach Pfeiffer. For more information, follow at High on Film on Twitter and Instagram or email the show at the High on Film Show at gmail.com.